The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast as we examine the true source of truth, and that is the Word of God. In a day where so many people claim to have truth or claim that there is no absolute truth, we like to focus our attention on the true absolute truth, and that is God and His Word and the truths that He gave to us. This is where truth, this is where answers and, and true help and peace come from because we find them in God and in Jesus. So thank you for joining us this morning on another edition of this podcast, and we hope it's an encouragement to you. Uh, again, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching this later or listening to this later, uh, we're just glad you've made a point to uh, let us be part of your lives. And we're going to be in Genesis uh, chapter 46. Again, uh, I'm actually, normally we just kind of go through passages, and I'm going to skip a big section of Scripture this morning. And uh, I'll give you a little break why. Um, right after we got done last time talking about um, they're getting ready to move and Joseph moved, what what God does in Genesis is he gives a breakdown of all of the different family members who came. And so there is this, there's this genealogy of everybody, which is great for history. And there's a lot of great need to know this information and making relation. And we won't actually take the time to dig into that. But there's a whole list of people who actually went and their names connected to it. The one thing we can look at is in verse 27. And the sons of Joseph, which were born in Egypt, were two souls, and all the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were three score and ten. Scores twenty, so it would be seventy people. Seventy different people came with Cain, with Jacob from Canaan and started. Now you're talking seventy people at this point, which became millions of people later uh, when they were in slavery, and that's why it wasn't a big deal to give them Goshen and give them a land and things of that nature. It wasn't that big of a deal because, well, it's only 70 of them. Well, obviously it grew and kept growing until you find yourself sitting at millions, and I can understand why a pharaoh would understand the fear of them taking over. So what we're going to do today, though, is we're actually going to talk for a few minutes about the time that Joseph and his father are reunited. Before we read the scriptures, let me um, just give you an introductory thought as I move into this. Uh, anytime you, you know, we, we often look back at God's will or God allowing certain things to happen. Doesn't always make sense, doesn't always work the way we want it to. And I will say some of that is, is because we always want our life and everything to turn out like a Hollywood script. You know, it's a perfect ending, everything's great. And don't get me wrong, when we stand before God, it's a perfect ending and it's all gonna make sense. But we have a tendency to think that a good God allows things to happen all the way we want them to. And we've got to be very, very careful that we don't allow, again, our perspective to establish the goodness of God. We need to change that perspective. God is good. And when I look at the goodness of God and I view my life through that lens, I can see his work in my life and I can see things happening. Please remember, that doesn't mean that he, in his goodness, stops bad from happening. Uh, we live in a sinful world. We live in a world bound by humans and we ourselves are sinful. So we're going to make bad decisions and things are going to happen. Um, sometimes um, struggles happen just because we live life. Uh, God has not promised to stop bad things from happening. He's promised to be there with us and to encourage us through them, but he's not promised to stop them from happening. So what we see here is we see a circumstance where God knew that Joseph's brothers were going to throw Joseph, we talked about, in the pit, to Potiphar's house, to prison, to the palace. And in all this time meant that Joseph was never going, or excuse me, Jacob was never going to see his favorite son again. Obviously, the grief that would have gone through Jacob's mind. 
the grief would have been to, to see the coat of many colors, to assume his father was de- the son was dead, and just the grief and all, and probably the guilt that was on his heart for all the deceiving he had done, how this must be God's punishment or whatever it is, and all these battles going through him. And then after 20-some years of mourning and struggling, and now all of a sudden his sons come home and say, hey, Joseph's alive. And boy, the emotional roller coaster that this 130-year-old man must have gone through. And so now, uh, following what we talked about last time, the will of God and the direction of God, Joseph ta- Jacob excuse me, takes off with his family into the land of Goshen. Now, let me explain a little bit. We'll read here in a second why Goshen. But uh, let me give me an explanation here. Let's go down to the end of the section we're actually going to deal with today. Verse 30. Um, no, I'm sorry, verse 31. And Joseph said unto his brethren, into his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh, and saying to him, My brethren and my father's house, which are in the land of Canaan, are now are coming to me. And the men are shepherds, and their trade hath been feed cattle, and they have brought their cattle and their herds and all they have done. And he explained what's supposed to happen. Well, specifically, Egyptians didn't want to be um, shepherds. It was a kind of a... Blasphemous, horrible job, a kind of a low-grade job for the Egyptians, and that was the reason they won the land of Goshen. Goshen was a great land for uh, for herd cattle and things of that nature, and so he was kind of prepping, giving them the reason why Goshen would be good, and this is a good thing for them, and teaching them a little bit of how to negotiate in this new culture that they're moving into. But so we begin to see, you know, God working through it, Joseph, you know, continuing to help in the transition. But what I want to look at is when sometimes when when we look at scenarios and things don't go the way we want them to, and we can't fully understand why they're going, we say, you know, is God's promise is going to come true. You know, I mention often in, from, you know, that passage in Galatians, in Galatians 6, um, be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you should reap if you faint not. And we often say, when is due season? Is God going to do this? Well, I want to talk just for a few minutes about a section of Scripture where God allowed Jacob to see what he thought he'd never see again. So let's go back to the passage in verse number 28. Uh, Genesis 46, verse 28. And he sent Judah before him into Joseph to direct his face into Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Goshen, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. So we look at this, what we see is we see this amazing reunion, something that neither person thought would ever happen. Of all the things that Joseph went through and all the battles he went through and what he could only assume his father believed that he obviously he probably had to assume there's no way his father thought he was sold into slavery or maybe his father would have come to try and find him or send his brothers to get him. He had to come to the full conclusion that his father assumed he was dead and so he was cut off. None of this could work and which was needed ought to be God used to put him in the position he needed. But Joseph was convinced this would never happen. That's why not too long ago and a few passages ago the question that kept coming from Joseph, is my father alive? Is my father alive? In fact, the fact that they would not answer the question, they, the, the, his brothers were kind of not really clear in answering the question, is what drove Joseph to say, listen, I am Joseph. I am the brother who sold into slavery. Is my father alive? He, he, it was a dream to be able to go back and be reunited with his father, which of course would have been a dream that his father had pretty much given up on. And so you can imagine how in both those scenarios, especially from Jacob's point of view, how it could have been this is, you know, why God are you doing this? What's going on? And it's one of those things where you just... You know, it's not wrong to ask a question from God. You have to accept the answer, but you do. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, in spite of all of the craziness, in spite of the evil that was intended by the brothers, in spite of 
oh God used this and directed this and used this to protect and gave Jacob a need he didn't even know was coming yet. In all of this, what we see is an amazing reunion. And really, ultimately, what you see is another great reminder of the promises of God. Why is this? Let's look at the reunion real quick. First of all, Joseph comes. He's in his chariot. He's driving through the land. He finally gets up to his father. And the Bible says he just laid on his neck for a long time. They hugged it for a long time. The absolute emotion that must have come through Joseph, the love he had for his father, and the absolute emotion that must have gone through to not only have missed his father for all that time, but the hurt that must have gone through Joseph's mind to realize that, Joseph, that Jacob thought he was dead all this time. To be able to bring this level, small level of joy at this age and reconciliation, just kind of closure to his father, the emotion that must have run through Joseph's mind all this time. And, and then, of course, Jacob seeing Joseph in all of the royal garb that he's Egyptian royal garb he's wearing dressed up as an Egyptian he met you know joke Jacob had to look back and say I remember the dreams and all all of these things that some maybe have said weren't said thought the amazement of just watching all of this take place and then of course after this long reunion and just just hugging and holding for a while Jacob looks up and he finally shares his heart listen I can die now I've been able to see you face to face the absolute emotion it must have been. And you know what I do look at is in, in all these things, when God allows things to happen, God often, and in many occasions, allows things like this to happen where there's a level of, I, I know you're not going to fully understand everything, but look at all I've done. Look at all I've done in spite of the battle, instead of the hurt you've gone through. Here's one of the reasons why the truth of the promises of God are so important. We as pastors wisely and rightfully so encourage you to not only read your Bible, but to trust your Bible. We say that, you know, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. What we have as the Bible is not just a book. It's not just a religious book. It is, as, as Paul told Timothy, it is inspired. It's God-breathed. Everything we have in front of us is from God. Yes, it was human authors were used, but the inspiration came from God through the Holy Spirit. And what we have, we can guarantee it is inspired. It's preserved because God promised it. And we look at it, we know it is because of God's promises. And so we need to understand that because when we look down, we hold on to some pretty heavy promises. I mean, Sunday night, we're going to spend some time in Revelation, and we're going to talk a little bit about that promise of God. We're going to talk about the fact that God has promised the rapture. He's a promise of second coming. He's promised that before this world completely falls apart, he's going to take us home. And he's, he's got that promise. And we look, and these are the things we hold on to. And then he promises, you know, he promised kids, honor your father, shall be well with thee. He promises us in so many different areas, if we deal with our finances well and give to him, he'll give back. And, you know, if we love our wives or if we respect your husbands, we could go on for a while and all the things, not the Old Testament prophecies to Israel, but the promises to us through Scripture. And we look through all of these. This is what we hold on to. Salvation, eternity, heaven, hell, all the truths from Scripture. This is what we hold on to. This is, this is the foundation. Let me just give you one example. In John 10, 29, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and, I, and, I, and my Father gave them unto me. And, the, and my, um, I'm, I'm phrasing it incorrectly. Basically, he goes, um, No man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. So that passage simply states that I am placed in the hand of God the Father 
through salvation, and no one, including myself, can remove me from it. In Romans, in another passage, he says, What shall separate me from the love of God? Tribulation, distress, persecution. I am persuaded that none of this can separate me from the love of God. The proof and the guarantee that God loves me, it never changes. Nothing I have done to earn salvation, I cannot lose salvation. He's promised to give me eternal life, and they shall never perish. No man shall ever pluck them out of thy hand. That's a promise. It's a eternal security. It's a promise from God, not based upon my works or goodness. It's a promise. Everything we hold on to, eternity, life, all the peace, all the things we get from Him, it's based on a promise. And that is what we hold strong to, are the promises of God. And we can look at accounts, and again, not just fictional stories. This is a historical account that has been recorded in Genesis. And we see it from God's point of view as His people and His work. And these two are reunited as a reminder of the goodness, of the grace, and the promises of God. Jacob, if nothing else, saw the promise of God to, jo- to Joseph. And he thought it, you know, you could have stopped me. He's gone, he's dead. God, you lie, you failed. And now he sees his, fi- his son in all the royal garb, and all he sees is the fulfillment of the promises of God and the goodness of God, and that God cannot fail. He cannot lie. These are the things we hold on to. These are the things that we hold dear to. These are the things that we say, thank you, Lord, for being you that I can trust you. I cannot trust religion. I cannot trust church, generally speaking, or other people by itself because we're all, all of that is established in humans and humans fail. I can't trust any human like I can God. Some people gain my trust, but ultimate trust only comes to God. That's what I hold on to. And let me encourage you. Have you placed that trust in God for his promise of eternal life? Are you placing that trust in God right now for the promise to help you with the issues you're going through? Are you placing that trust in God for the current status of our world and the direction of where it's going that God knows and he's got a plan and one day he's coming back? Are you living with peace because you trust the sovereignty, the promises, and the grace of God? I hope you are because that is what gets us through. He promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We could go through all kinds of them. And may we hold on strong. That's why it's important to be in the Word of God. Not So if I'm not in the Word of God, I'm in horrible sin. You know why I go to the Word of God? I go to the Word of God because this is God's love letter to me. And I learn about God and I learn about Jesus. I learn about the Holy Spirit. I learn about me in Him. And that's why we go. And I'm reminded of His great promises. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we really hope it's an encouragement. Hope you're reminded of how much God loves you, how much he, he will, you can trust Him and all the things that are going on. And hope that's an encouragement as you continue through this day and continue through this week. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And we look forward to seeing you next time.